Hi everyone, and welcome back to episode seven of Chemistry the Podcast.、Uh, we're so excited to have all of our wonderful listeners again with us today, and I'm your host Lucy.、Um, I am so excited to have. One of my lab mates, actually.、Um, I am with Alan Argelagos. He is a fourth-year graduate student at UC Irvine, also a Eugene Cota Robles Fellow.、Um, currently, he works in the lab of Dr. Andre Luptak in the Department of Pharmaceutical Sciences. Alan, I'm so happy to have you here. Do you want to say a couple of words to our listeners? Hey, Lucy. Thanks for inviting me on your podcast.、Um, well. What do you want to know about me? <laughs> I think since we our desks are so near each other in lab, yeah, we we work in the same lab for the time being.、Um, I actually know quite a lot about you, but I think that it's our listeners who want to know more about you.、Um, I do know that,、um, and we've had this conversation multiple times, like while we're waiting for gels or waiting for our experiments to run, but.、Um, You really have a deep connection to the identity of being a minority in STEM, especially with、um, being Hispanic in STEM.、Um, how has your background, like the either your childhood or just your culture, how has that inspired you on your scientific journey? And also, how does it make you your journey different than, let's say, from your peers who are? Who are white or not Hispanic Latino? We are starting with the hard questions, Lucy. <laughs> you know I, I love the hard questions. I'm just kidding. Um, so、uh, I actually appreciate you asking me that question because I actually don't get that asked very often. Um, because you know when you're in graduate school, I feel like one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about is that they assume that everyone is on the same. Track and what I mean by that is everyone's like okay, we're all starting fresh. We're all starting graduate school together,、um, and so you know I would say part of it is kind of that way in that students are doing their rotations, going into different labs, and so you know one of the challenges in my first year was actually finding a lab so that I may be able to continue to do research. Um, and so, generally, it appears that everyone starts off the same, but、um, no one really talks about like, you know, what it took to get there.、Um, everyone has different backgrounds.、Um, more specifically,、um, for what I'm talking about is, so I actually came into the program without any undergraduate research experience, which is kind of strange because one of the most important things that they talk about is like, okay, what was your research experience? What was your previous?、Uh, Uh, lab? Do you have any publications? That kind of stuff. I actually didn't have any of that coming into the program, and I'm honestly still in awe that I got into the program without that experience.、Um, the the interesting part is I don't even have a background in pharmaceutical sciences. I know UCI is one of the few UCs that actually has a major of pharmaceutical sciences. But I actually came in with a, a background in chemical engineering,、mm-hmm. so it's. I actually did my undergrad here at UCI,、um, where I actually was working.、Um, I didn't work in any of those labs at,、uh, on the engineering side of things,、um, but whenever I did like my interviews,、um, you know, first of all, I was surprised I got in, sec-、um, and I got invited for an interview.、Um, but more specifically,、um, 
we're talking about more like how my Hispanic background has, um, you know, I, I guess not a lot of people like to acknowledge, or I mean, I don't want to make myself seem like I've struggled a lot, but um, if I compare myself to my peers, um, sometimes I would notice that we had very different upbringings. Um, so, um, uh, for example, uh, uh, I don't have either of my parents didn't go to college, right? So that's one of the things. Um, and so not to say that it's not impossible to not get into graduate school if your parents didn't go to college, but uh, being in the environment and, you know, learning about professors' backgrounds and just kind of their own journeys into graduate school, doing postdocs and eventually becoming faculty, I really realized that um, how important that is. Um, because um, just if I can give you an example, me going through undergrad, um, uh, there were a lot of um, things I wasn't expecting, for example, like uh, how to navigate the financial aid system, how to navigate um, just like uh, different kinds of, you know, programs that are supposed to help you get through like undergrad. Um, but it was kind of a challenge because, you know, yes, they're there to help you sometimes I felt like, you know, I would try to explain, like, like certain financial situations. Um, I was actually helping my mom, you know, pay rent and stuff like that while I was going to school. Um, and so it becomes challenging to just only focus on school and, you know, not, um, you know, do the things you need to do to make it into graduate school. Uh, so for me personally, um, yes, there's a lot of resources here for like Hispanic, Latino, minority. Um, but while I was personally here as an undergrad, I didn't feel like there were a lot, like there wasn't, so the resources were definitely there. And the interesting part is now I get to look at it from a graduate student's perspective. And I got to see that the resources were definitely there. I just wasn't aware of them so something I really wish um, you know looking back now I really wish there was more uh, advertisement yeah. that's the word um, because there's definitely a lot of um, uh, programs here that help specifically minority students and I am aware of that UCI out of all the UCs um, I forget the statistics but uh, we have one of the higher incoming group of first-generation Hispanic Latino uh, uh, undergrads um, out of all of the UC so that's actually something that I'm very proud of being here at UCI and being able to represent um, my minority background. Um, I really resonated with what you said about how there's so much emphasis putting being put on oh like everyone's studying grad school it's a clean safe for everyone everyone's equal but the thing is that's not really equal um and i really appreciate how you mentioned how just because your upbringing or like a person upbringing might be different that sets a particular person significantly apart from their peers because you might not have some shared experiences um have you ever experienced that and um 
and if you're comfortable talking about it, if you're comfortable sharing with it, um, how would you, what advice would you give other people who might also be feeling either alienated or perhaps even like imposter syndrome just because they are so different than their peers in whatever programs they're in, whether grad, undergrad, but they are experiencing this form of almost alienation because they feel so different even though they 110% deserve to be there with their more frankly more privileged I, I really like your use of the word alienation there because you know I don't believe the university is intending for us to feel that way but there's definitely um, that feeling that exists um and, you know, part of it is just kind of like there's just not a lot of Hispanics, you know, more so now there is today. But when I was an undergrad, there were not very many. His- there was like maybe out of like, I think there was like a 60 people who graduated. There's like two um, in in my engineering uh, curriculum. And so it, it's it it it's um, it does feel lonely. Mm-hmm. It does feel isolating and it's harder to make it through especially when you just feel so, you know, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Um, But if I would have to give advice to, you know, any students out there who feel this way for being different um, or, you know, for not having parents who are as fortunate to go to uh, school, um, I would say that um, uh, it would be there are definitely mentors here at the university who are willing to help um but i would also say that it's really important to take into consideration the perspective of the person who's giving you advice right i remember when i was an undergrad there are certain times where i would actually feel a little bit discouraged um where you know i i always knew that i was very intelligent academically not to like toot my own horn or anything (laughs) you know um but uh the problem that i had was just navigating the system it was very foreign it was a huge culture shock um you know i've realized that a lot of like college students are here are here to like find their independence and find who they are as a person uh whereas i had that pressure of trying to do that myself as well but at the same time i i also had to help my family and so there was a lot of like um family pressure that kind of stuff um not in the sense of like going to school which is kind of the ironic part because um you know my mom wished for me to go to school and go to higher education in college but she never pushed me she never um she never expected so much out of me where it's just kind of like, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a pharmacist. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, well, if one of my kids goes to college, I'll be happy, <laughs> you know? Um, but then it turned into, like, four years of undergrad, and then it's like, now I'm starting my fourth year yep. in grad school, so I'm like, now my mom's like, when are you going to graduate? <laughs> You're like, that's not the way grad school works. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like, and so, like, sometimes they don't really see that. Yeah. Um, But going back to your question, um, uh, the advice I would say is to consider the perspective of who you're getting your advice from. Um, Because there are times when I would go to professors and just like, hey, you know, 
uh, I really want to like approach graduate school or just to go into higher education and you know I don't think that those professors intended it this way but you know the moment I would start disclosing like um, like my personal circumstances and the struggles that you know I've gone through um, not because I'm Hispanic but because um, it's just kind of like um, these were the circumstances um, that I am coming with as a student and there are certain times that I just needed help and I would kind of see like um, almost like the professors were a little bit disappointed in me um, but it's just kind of like that wasn't my fault you know it was more like in um, it's just kind of like you know but I still really wanted to go to school like uh, you know, I was, when I was growing up, I was one of those quirky nerds that, like, <laughs> like, I still remember this story, Lucy. My math teacher, he gave me, when, when I was starting college, he gave me a calculus book. He's like, you're gonna love this over the summer. And I literally taught myself, um, integral calculus <laughs> because I just Alex. loved math so much. <laughs> well, I appreciate your liking math because he helped me a lot in Pico when I had to do all that math. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Lucy, I took so much math and I don't use any of it anymore. <laughs> oh my god, what was the last class I took? I was like, um, it's like math 2E. It's like um, Green's theorem or Stokes' theorem. I have no idea. It's like what vector you're calculus. About. Oh, vector calculus. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think now that you bring this up, it kind of transitions perfectly into my second point. Um, you kind of made like what I average person would call like an interesting switch because you did do your undergrad in chemical engineering and now you are in farmside um how did you choose to make that switch like what about farmside interested you yeah so the funny part is that when i started college i already had in my mind what i wanted to do mm -hmm. i was very interested in uh, the neurobiology of psychological disorders um, and so when I went into undergrad uh, they don't have that major yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um, and so like what, uh, what I realized is that when you pick a major you kind of like isolate yourself in that major right and so there's not you know there are collaborations and a lot of um, people working together uh, on different projects and whatnot um, and so when I came into undergrad I, w I already knew I was really good at math and I really loved chemistry um, I had a really great chemistry teacher when I was in high school that um, really inspired me um, unfortunately she um, is no longer with us but um, yeah, um, but she was one of the first people to push me into um, pursuing chemistry and um, just because she made it so fun, you know, like yeah. whenever, like I know it's dumb, but like I really loved conversions, just kind of like going from like moles to grams. You mean like and then the satisfaction of like crossing off the units? Mm -hmm. It's like everything crosses out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the right. Um, and so, you know, we did like... Um, we did a lot of things there, and um, so 
I already knew those were like my one of two of my, two of my favorite subjects on top of uh, psychology. And so when I applied to my undergrad, I was like, how do I jumble all of these things together, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought like chemical engineering, right? Like there's a lot of math in there, there's a lot of chemistry in there. <laughs> Um, I can I can try to like you know maybe get a minor or something and squeeze a little bit of psychology in there, um, and then the funny part is that you know I loved it. Uh, the chemistry people take a lot of the same courses that the chemical engineering yeah. people do up to their second year. Yeah. But then once the third year hit, I was like, we're doing like like reactor like process engineering oh, yeah. like the reaction kinetics. Um, valves, valves, like <laughs> wood mechanics, all that stuff, and I'm just like, whoop, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't think this is what I wanted to do. Um, but like, it's just like, um, I, I want to say that's part of you know me not knowing. I yeah. feel like if I really had parents that had gone to like college and like, oh, you should kind of like look at this or look at this or had a little bit more direction, um, I would have probably started off with something more pharmaceutical sciences um and so when i graduated i um i i actually have a very strange route into getting into graduate school um but i graduated i took a little time off to kind of try to figure out um what i wanted to do and then uh after that then i actually went into graduate school but specifically for pharmaceutical sciences um and now, so right now I'm doing a lot of work that uh, would really still benefit what I want to do later in the future. I'm doing a lot of like nucleic acid chemistry, um, a lot of like um, sequence analysis, that kind of thing. So um, I'm still holding on to what I really want to do, but I'm still getting what I need to. Um, you know, a lot of doing a lot of like enzyme kinetics, um, and so a lot of people don't really say like how does that relate to like mental health. Um, it definitely does. Um, I just have to find the right way of meshing them together, you know? Yeah. I think one, one point I'm really interested in um, asking you about is because you really did mention, and I wholeheartedly agree, that it's, in a lot of cases, it's not like a lack of resources. It's a lack of awareness as these resources yeah, exist. Because exactly. some people coming in, they're, they're coming into this on you. They're like, I have, they're kind of like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, it's a very culture shock. It's, it's, yeah, it's a very culture shock. And then, um, so they're kind of just, um, what's the word? They're kind of just feeling around, like almost in the dark. Like, like they might have a flashlight or something, but they don't know like where the light switch is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way of putting it. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know. I think I said this previously, but there actually are a lot of resources that are aimed at minority students because the universities, one of their main priorities is actually helping students like us, yeah. right? Um, the problem that when I was an undergrad is that I didn't know anything, right? It wasn't until like, um, I, um, they, we do have something known as the minority science program. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, and so when I went, that was here when I was an undergrad, <laughs> but I didn't know, know about, about it, it until, you know, now I'm a grad student, I'm like really realizing what that is. And it's like, you know, they help their students a lot. They are, yeah. It's incredible. It's just kind of like, if I had known about this, you know, I, I would have like, you know, 
because I was working when I was an undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. I could have just focused on research and, you know, um, I, th- I think I mentioned this previously. I didn't do any. Yeah. Under- mm-hmm. I didn't do any undergraduate research. If you want to talk about that, we can definitely talk mm-hmm. about just like my process of how I got into grad school, mm-hmm. which I still think is a miracle. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta take your chances and really, um, you know, don't feel like it's hard to f- not feel like that because even after four years, Lucy, I still feel like I don't, I don't belong here. You belong here. <laughs> and if you don't, if you didn't belong here, I wouldn't have asked you to be on my podcast. <laughs> it's not, I, I would say it's like not belong here, but like, I'm still... Everything still feels like a dream to me, you know. I'm um, I'm getting to do a lot of work, really interesting work that I really truly love, um, and I get to wake up every morning. Um, you know, my job is to learn, yeah. and um, you know, for example, I didn't know a PhD is funded, right? Specifically in the science field, um, because if I had known that, you know, you're not making like you're not balling in money right you're not rolling in cash but it's enough to feed myself and pay my own apartment um but when i was applying i initially thought that it was just like undergrad where Mm -hmm. i had to take out loans i had to take out loans and it it was very stressful um because it's just kind of like i've also felt like i was going uh alone through this um and so yeah um uh, so if I can just talk a little bit of just like how I ended up getting here, just kind of, of course, like yeah, I know a little bit some parts of your story, and every time you tell it, it's like wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's okay, Lucy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's no, what it is. I it's know, just like I, mean, I wouldn't say like it's amazing, but it's just like I would more say like you know, it, it's one story, and like I, I really wanted to share it with you. Um, maybe certain details of it you don't know about it um in more of hopes of just like helping other students yeah, or it's just kind of exactly like... yeah no um that's why i i saw that like what i find so amazing in your story is i feel that there's more people out there who can relate to your story mm-hmm. and then who somebody who might have been like a mini you <laughs> oh yeah like my who, who or like my present tense be a mini you like four or five years ago they they can be like oh like um it's possible like I could be like Alan oh, yeah so um I, I would like to kind of start off that like um by saying that I you know I, I've done pretty well academically um that's never been an intimidation for me it was more just like navigating everything um so if I can give you an example about that right so a lot of people uh, when they hear like engineering, right, they immediately go like, "Oh, you're gonna make a lot of money uh, when the moment you graduate, right?" I realized that uh, there was a lot of things that I had to do as an undergrad in order to reach that level. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't just about taking courses; yeah. it's also about um, doing internships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things to you know, undergraduate research, um, things to elevate your your CV or your um, your resume such that when you come out of undergrad um, you have a job basically kind of lined up for you right yeah. um, so I didn't realize that I just thought okay I just need to finish school you know I did pretty well in undergrad um, and then once I graduate uh, 
I'll get a job. And, you know, I didn't realize that you had to do all of those things. One, and two, I actually didn't really have the resources to do that as well. Yeah. Um, because, like, to, like, do internships and things like that, you'd have to be able to, like, commute to, like, certain areas. Um, as an undergrad, I couldn't afford getting a car. I mean, at this point, Lucy, I still don't have my license. <laughs> um, but, um... It, it was out of personal circumstances. It was just like, we didn't have, you know, for example, my mom, we only had one car in the family. And, you know, she didn't have the courage to teach me because if something happened to that car, we were basically screwed. Yeah. Um, because my mom's a single parent and I have two younger sisters and, you know, um, we had to figure a way to survive. Um, I actually commuted all of underground. Um, you know, taking the bus an hour one way, the hour back. What really sucked was those 8 a.m. courses. Oh, no! <laughs> I had to wake up at 6 in the morning, no. walk for 30 minutes to the bus, take an hour bus back, and then, like, get there. I'm just like, this really sucks. Yeah, it's like, it's those things, that they, like, the hour-long commute, or, like, the fact that you have to walk 30 minutes to the bus and then commute. I feel like a lot of people on campus don't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, not everyone has a luxury... But yeah, so like, you know, you made a really good point. People don't really see like the what's behind the curtain. Um, and so, you know, I didn't tell any of my peers that. Um, and mind you, to be honest, if I can be very frank with you, I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um, just because, you know, a lot of them are in that college mode. They're just like, okay, I have my own dorm. I... Um, you know, I would have loved to have participated in that, but I just couldn't financially afford it. Yeah. Um, and so, but I had to make do with whatever I could, right? Um, and so, just getting back to uh, what I was talking about previously, a lot of people, you know, engineering, like, you're going to make a job, you're going to get a job like this, like, it's easy, like, you know, the engineers are the highest paying, uh, whatever, uh, you know, they make the highest what um, engineering. Um um, but I would like to say that I believe that's f- for two reasons. One, if you're aware of that you have to do like internships and that kind of stuff, which I wasn't really aware. All I could really afford to do was go to school and come back and you know study because the courses were so intensely difficult. Yeah. I actually graduated. Um, I couldn't really get a job. I blamed myself um, because I'm like, what did I do wrong? Um, I thought that, you know, you're in like elementary school and high school they keep shouting at you go to college get your degree once you do that everything will be easier in life kind of thing and I graduated and I couldn't find a job and I was like what did I do wrong right um but in retrospect now that I'm at you know this level in graduate school I've realized you know I wouldn't say they're mistakes I would say more of just kind of like if I had known about it, um, I would have probably participated more. Um, so at that point, I was—I felt very lost. I felt um, kind of like, what am I going to do? Um, I have a lot of loans. Um, you know, it's, it's a very scary thought. Yeah. Um, especially being like, you know, low income. Um, So what I ended up doing was that um, 
in order to kind of like halt my loans a little bit, uh, what I ended up doing was going to community college. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I told you about that. I don't it. think you told me that, yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of like, so one of the things is like, as long as you're taking courses, they won't start billing you for your, your yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for your, for your loans, right? Um, so I took a couple of easy community and college courses, which I found very ironic because uh, it was way less expensive for me to take courses there than at UCI. <laughs> um, like, you know, like I was just like following the route because I didn't really know that um, you can actually go to community college and things are a lot cheaper, right? Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, people were just like, just go to college. Um, but people I was getting advice from really didn't really know my circumstances too well um because it's just kind of like the normal thing it's just like we're trying to push people into getting college to going into college and had the grades for it I just didn't really have the resources and um you know looking back if I could have gone back in time I think I would have gone to community college first taking a couple of GEs and there's literally no shame in that yeah you know I know there's like a huge um to say there's a perspective i want to say more in like high school where it's like oh you're going to community college like uh, it's kind yeah. of yeah it's kind of a shame um because you know I, I felt like i could have saved myself a little yeah. bit my, more it money it saves you so much money it saves you um so i went to community college while i was trying to figure out what to do um i actually ended up working at target mm-hmm. um which is kind of interesting because like uh, I have like an advanced degree in chemical engineering and it's just like you know so the interesting part is that I actually had to lie on my resume (laughs) when I applied to Target because just kind of like I was afraid that they weren't going to give me the job because I was overqualified. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I, when I wrote down my resume, I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, I'm just going to community college kind of thing, right? And so, um, when I was doing that, I was actually, you know, one of the things that really motivated me and kept me going was just my love of knowledge um, and learning. Um, I mean, I, I remember being this way. I mean, when I, every, when everyone's young, everyone hates learning, you know? Like, mm-hmm. child, you know, you have parents like, I don't want to read a book, you know? You school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, over time, I, you know, I fell in love with math and chemistry and psychology. And, you know, that was kind of my escape, you know? It was my way of, like, you know, dealing with my own, like, personal family circumstances. It's yeah. like okay, school is here for me, like, you know, and like I told you, I'm like a weird, like, math person who's like doing homework over the summer <laughs> for you know, fun. That's not weird, that's, that's amazing. It's props to all, all the props to you, all the power to you. Because I don't know how I would have gotten through the math part of PCAM if you were like, oh, this is how you solve this integral. And the funny part is I haven't done integrals in such a long time. <laughs> you know I have a favorite integral. <laughs> Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a favorite integral, Lucy? <laughs> um, anyways, so um, one of the things that motivated me was that, you know, I, I knew I loved school regardless of the struggles that I had making it through undergrad. Um, I knew that I still wanted to go to school. I just didn't know which direction or what to do because I didn't know what graduate school was. 
Um, now that I'm a fourth year, I, I did not expect it at all, um, but I would say that I'm, I'm doing pretty well um, considering the circumstances. Um, but uh, when I um, um, when I was going to uh, community college and I was going working at Target, I was actually trying to save up money so that I could apply to graduate school. Graduate school is not it's so expensive. It's not cheap. Um, I remember you have to take the GRE. I know you guys don't have to take that anymore. <laughs> lucky, I'm sorry. lucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like SAT 2.0. <laughs> um, but um, I I was saving up money while I was working at Target so that I can uh, apply to school, right? And the funny part is that, you know, my mom couldn't really help me and I felt guilty, like, asking her for any. So at that point, I was like, I might as well take this into my own hands and try my very best. So every paycheck that I would get, I would actually save it um, as much money as I could just so that I could apply to graduate school. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all I could really do is apply to one of them because that's all I could really afford. Um, and... It's funny because that that conversation actually came up in my interviews when I got into grad school. Um, you know, initially when I started, you know, interviewing, I was a little bit intimidated because you know I met all these people who like have like you just meet them and they're just like, oh yeah, I applied to this school, this school, this school, this school, um, all very similar pharmaceutical science programs kind of thing, right? And you know, in my case, I'm just like, I I just applied to one. You know, yeah. and um, uh, one of my professors, when they were doing the interview, um, she was just kind of like, uh, so how many schools did you apply to? Because, like, you know, I'm trying to, like, sell myself, right? Yeah. Like, trying to, like, you know, I really want to be here. I really want to come to this program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of the professors I was interviewing with asked me, how many schools did you apply to? I said one, and her face was just like, what the heck? Like, like, that's not normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because when you apply to grad school, you have to cast a broad net, right? It's a little bit different getting into grad school than undergrad. Um, because in grad school, you have to focus on, like, what kind of research do I want to do, right? In this case, you know, I didn't even have the same background. It's just kind of like, how are they going to let me, who doesn't have any research experience, uh, doesn't have any publications, uh, never even worked in a lab, aside from like the courses that you take as an undergrad, why were they going to let me enter into the program, right? Um, and so uh, I think by the end of those kinds of interviews, they were still a little hesitant. They're just like, we're not really sure about this guy. So I actually did another interview, which as unheard of um, from my cohort of uh, the, the people who got into the program the same year I had. Apparently, I was the only one who got called back uh, for another interview. And so they interviewed me again. The interview probably went super well. I don't know. I really want to ask Vitaly about that. <laughs> Maybe when I graduate, you know, as I'm leaving. Yes, well, um, I, I just find it so inspiring. Um, I think that um, you will 
hopefully inspire like other s- students. And then I know that's my, it's probably a big dream goal of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see yourself like after you've gone through graduate school, after you've gone through your PhD? Um, how do you see yourself either being a mentor, being an inspiration, whatever you want to call it, to students who have backgrounds like you? Yeah, so um, I can answer that in two ways. One of them being what I'm doing at the moment, right? Um, I, as, as a graduate student, I have had the privilege to work with a lot of undergrads on some of the courses that I've TA'd. And so um, definitely um, there have been students who I could definitely relate to in terms of just like, I can see that there's someone like me. They really like school. They may not have had the same um, opportunities that a lot of other students have. Um, more specifically, just kind of like some of the disadvantages with you know being first generation and being a minority student. Um, because I will tell you that um, one of the hardest things that I faced as an undergrad was actually finding a good mentor, right? Even Dr. Spitali said that um, in my final interview with the pharmaceutical science programs, like, you know, you're a smart kid, but I just think that um, you just haven't found the right mentor. So that was an, an advice that mm-hmm. um, Dr. Spitali gave me. Um, and so, you know, I, I took that to heart and I you know, applied it through undergraduate when I was acting as a TA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I teach any of the courses, I always tried my very best to try to help the students as much as I could, mm-hmm. just because I knew I knew, I knew what it is like to be in their circumstances. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to guide uh, more students in that direction. Um, because sometimes it's just more of just like an, it's a barrier of understanding, right? Sometimes a professor may not know what the student is going through. Um, the advice that they give is just like the advice that got them into grad school, mm-hmm. but they don't take into consideration like the, pers- the student's personal circumstances. Uh, I think there's a big assumption it's like everyone is coming to school and they have the financial freedom to just like focus on school, right? I didn't have that opportunity. But I was still trying my best. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons I got into the program is just that I'm a very tenacious person. I haven't given up, um, regardless of when things were tough in, you know, growing up in undergrad and even sometimes grad school, because grad school is <laughs> no walk in the park either. <laughs> um, but, um, so that's what I've been currently doing and um, if you know there's any undergrads who kind of feel this way I hope that um, this podcast reaches them and maybe you guys can reach out to me I think Lucy's gonna put my email in yeah the, mm-hmm, definitely uh, in the podcast yes I will put Alan's email in the episode description so reach out to him if you just I don't know want yeah, someone if to talk you to need, a, need someone to talk to need a mentor um mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like, oh, I really resonate or resonate with the things that he says, um, because that's what I found that um, I can, I can do best. You know, um, 
and so like you know I recently had a student reach out to me about just like his you know we're very similar background um and he told me about you know his experiences I'm just like look you gotta like one of the mistakes I made as an undergrad is not seeing the perspective that you're getting advice from your mentor right they're assuming they're making a lot of assumptions with the advice that they're giving you um and so because i've come from a very different background i could relate more with the student and i believe he was happy with the advice i think you told me that he was happy yeah. with the advice um so um but yeah like if anyone out there needs help or just kind of like feel lost or um could relate to anything you know i, I could try my best and advice but in terms of uh, you asked me about my future uh, goals um, so that's a little bit jumbled at the moment yeah. if I can be very honest with you uh, when I came into graduate school I initially thought that I wanted to become a professor um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to you know more so help minority students like that right and so I still want to do that um, but I, I think I want to do that in a different way um, I haven't exactly figured that out yet, um, but um, I, I will say that uh, I definitely want to stay within this academic realm, um, more, you know, helping students, you know, because at the, at the very end of the day, Lucy, and I have a very strong opinion about this, um, you know, I, I think school is very important because it's a way of balancing things right with through education you know what i mean it's just kind of you know when you educate yourself you come become more well informed and through that then we grow a better society right you know the more educated people we have and unfortunately um there's certain uh, systems um you know I, I, I the way I've been preferring it to is just kind of like you know the professor may have not really meant it that way mm-hmm. um, and it's just kind of like it's all of it is just kind of like lack of understanding between the two parties yeah. right that's that's how I address it um, but I still feel that even with some of these issues that are happening I feel that uh, it's still important to push for that because if we have a more educated society we have a better functioning society and we have um a better community you know um, helping each other especially in today's times right things are going crazy nowadays um we need we need more scientists we need more um, educators we need especially of minority background exactly so um i i really feel that um can contribute to that somehow in the future um but you know at this point we take it one step at a time you know make it through graduate school um try to get some publications you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think it's it's a different feeling of especially i feel like in college or like in a university um in university there is a feeling it's it's kind of hard to explain but it's such like a visceral almost happiness um when you have a professor teaching a subject that you love that looks like you yeah 
That is so. very important, Lucy. It's just kind of like, I, th I think we just got a, a new faculty, um, Dr. Martinez. Yeah. I was so excited because I'm just kind of like, finally, <laughs> more representation. <laughs> you know, because, okay, like, a lot of people don't really know, like, I like saying not, but it matters. It, it matters. It matters. It, I remember um, it was, I had a professor my sophomore year. Um, um, I had a professor in sophomore year for biochemistry and then not only did I realize like I felt like and she, she was a great lecturer um, and then I thought that's the first time when I personally felt like I'm like that could be me someday she was so instrumental because of like, like just seeing her up there like teaching my class and she looked like me I'm like yes because you know it, yeah you get and you know, you get a little bit more help in that sense yeah. of encouragement, yeah, right? Like, if they can do it, you know, I can I do can it, do it. It's and not, it's motivation. It's not foreign anymore. Mm -hmm, it's exactly. Not, it's, it's not fiction, it's reality. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're almost out of time. Um, thank you so much again for coming. This is, yeah, I hope no you had problem. a good time. I, I hope I gave some good... You, you gave really good advice, and okay. I hope our listeners would agree. Um, but before I leave, I have to end with a classic chemistry question, okay. which is, what is your favorite type of tea? My favorite type of tea? Um, does boba count? <laughs> boba counts or UCI. Boba does count. Um, that's a good question, Lucy. Um, does caffeinated drinks count as tea? Or does it have to be like a specific tea? It can be tea. I mean, if you're not, if, if you're not like a big tea person, um, you can like say your favorite type of coffee or like your white and chicken. But I don't like coffee. <laughs> um, okay, let's, but, let's just go with green tea. I'm very basic. <laughs> no, but, um, but if we just included Decaffeinated. I just got to put that on the record. It's got to be decaffeinated. Decaffeinated green tea. Yeah. Okay. Any particular oh, wait, wait, wait. I got it. What? The The green tea from, um, can I say Starbucks? Of course. Uh, have you had the Mint Majesty? I think I have. It's like it's like a green tea, but it has like a mint. slight mint flavor. Oh, okay. And you put a little bit of honey. That's my favorite tea. Okay. Hun that's my answer. That's my answer. Okay, great. That's, your answer. that's a good answer in my opinion. I love tea with honey. It's good for your voice too. Mm. Tea with honey. Just don't give honey to babies. Oh, really? You can't give it to one-year-olds. They don't have like that enzyme that breaks down. They could die. I did not know that. <laughs> As long as they're older than one years, I have a niece. <laughs> she was just born a year ago. She's adorable. Um, but don't give babies honey. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, you learn something new every day. And I learned that apparently you can't give babies honey. Um, thank you so much, Alan, again for um, joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much to my wonderful listeners who have been supporting this podcast. Uh, we I appreciate every single one of you. Um... As always, um, Alan's contact info will be in the Twitter, will be in the description below, and we will also I'll also be posting the links to the UCI Minority Science Program in the description below if you are interested in that. And lastly, um, our since this is an unsponsored podcast, the so links to our Ko-Fi donation pages will also be in the episode description. Thank you again for listening. We hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, people.